All right, so I, I started the radio show officially. My name is Adam, and I don't know what the show is called because we're doing a special interview here with LCN. And um, so you can say hello in your microphones because then I can make sure that they're turned up enough. Check one, two, what's up? Hello, how are you? Those both sound, those both sound good. All right, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. And obviously, there's lots of stuff you want to promote and uh, talk about and exciting things that are happening in your life. And we're all going to learn about them together, as I said, because sometimes your host does or doesn't get emails. And that's probably his own fault because he has a very scattered way of receiving information. But somehow he still made it onto the air to become a radio host. So it's very exciting to meet you both. And I'll say that um, I have a friend named Rob. You can say hello to him if you want to. And here's the point. Um, Back in the early 2000s, my friend Rob uh, said, you have to come with me and see this band, LCN. And so even before you put out your first album in 2007 or whatever it was, um, Hybrid, then some years before that, he was compelling me to come and see your shows way back in those days. So I saw you way back when. In the laboratory days. In the laboratory days. Oh, my God. Wow. So this, is, this is a surprise. It's crazy. <laughs> I, I'm t so anyways, after that, um, we were kind of talking about it, and I was saying, what's going on with that LCN band? Because sometimes I'm in Montreal and sometimes I'm not. And he said, oh, they had to stop being a band because all of their gear got pinched, and then they were not able to be a <laughs> band anymore. And so... Um, it kind of went out of my mind for a while, and then it was like, uh, yes, LCN is back, and I know that there's lots of stuff that's happened, and so I think it's really cool that you managed to surmount that incident whenever year it was and come back and come back in force and everything. Obviously, you've been doing lots of stuff and touring around the world, so that's not a, that's not a um, moment that has defined you as a band, but I thought it would be <laughs> funny to mention because I told him I was going to, and he said, do not mention that to them. It's funny, you've done your research on <laughs> everything. It's been a lot of things that happen and yeah, quite a journey. In terms of the in terms of the gear, <laughs> I mean our our rehearsal space uh, actually uh first time around it was in uh in two thousand and two. Our rehearsal space um had a fire on the bottom floor of the space and uh that was pretty alarming. We had a lot of gear that was, you know, um Lost. That was compromised, I guess you could say. Uh, anyways, you know, not to make it too long story, but actually uh, about five years later in 2008, we were rehearsing uh, for um, a U.S. tour and the entire rehearsal space that we were staying, we were staying in a completely different, different space, the entire rehearsal space literally uh, caught fire. So um, I had like, you know, I had a lot, we had a lot of gear that was actually lost um, I still use some of it. My drums were in there, uh, so now my drums have a particular uh, sound to it. That uh, you know, thanks to the thanks to the fire, which is pretty awesome. But anyways, um, and basically, yeah, that we had a, a bunch of incidents, but we actually uh, we never got ripped off. Like uh, I know some uh, big artists at uh, right. Oshiaga well, a few years uh, ago. I think Iggy Pop, or I don't know who it was, but definitely. We have our stories of uh, industry, but we're not going to get into that, I guess. Fair enough. <laughs> it's Well, anyway, my information not be, may not be totally accurate, but it's somewhat accurate anyway. But it's all because of Rob. So whether <laughs> he's telling me uh, factual information or things that he only believes to be true, we'll just pin it all on him. Yeah, I mean, it adds to the mystery of the band. 
it adds to the mystery of the band. That's that's a theme I like to explore in the interview a little bit. Well, I tried to do <laughs> I tried to do some uh, research and some uh, fill in some gaps of information so that I could interview you effectively on the radio. And under normal circumstances, I feel like looking deeply into people's lives can be kind of creepy. But in the sense of trying to help promote music and help you to get more fans and uh, to delight your fans that already exist, I decided to do it anyway. So I watched some other interviews and picked up on some different things and I thought, well, I shouldn't just ask the same questions everybody asks, but then what questions am I going to ask? I don't really know, but we'll talk about the important information <laughs> first and you could tell us what brings you out into the public and what are you promoting and what are you excited to talk about today? Yeah, for sure. We're so excited because we're releasing our fifth album on I'm October holding it, 3rd. I'm holding it up to the microphone here. Yeah, it's a uh, beautiful actually artwork that was done uh, a collaboration with Amor Rust, a beautiful uh, and amazing artist actually from Montreal, and also with Debbie Geltner and uh, Mariana Estevens, who did uh, also the patterns in the cover. So um, we're very excited because it's coming out this October third. It's been a long, long journey, and I know the the fans have been waiting patiently. It's been um, postponed, I guess, because of COVID, because of so many things, and finally, finally, it's coming out. So for us, it's almost like, are are we really doing this? Is this happening? Because <laughs> like, we were like, you know, there was always something that came up. I also had a very bad car accident last year, so it had to be postponed as well. I survived the car crash, so... It was quite something, a lot of changes in my life and for us, but uh, we're still here standing and very proud of this record. Yeah. Well, can, congratulations on that. And that's really great. So I guess it was 2018 you did the last one, which was a collaboration graphic, no, graphic Sci- novel. I, no, I don't want to call it a graphic novel, but I call it a interactive. Yeah, exactly. Basically, it was a... Um, Basically, it was a sort of digital novel, interactive novel that was meant to be uh, sort of experienced on uh, on tablet, basically. So we wrote uh, the songs for every chapter uh, in this uh, in this book, um, and you know the, the the basically the the author, the writer uh, had a, had this idea because uh, he was uh, he was a fan of the band for a long, long time, and he basically called us and asked us if we would be interested in basically writing the soundtrack for his novel. So he is uh, a writer, um, and he was uh, hell-bent on uh, writing, you know, all the lyrics. So he had all the lyrics for all the songs, kind of like, you know, something that he wanted to that he wanted to absolutely write. So he asked us, is it, is it cool of you guys, you know, if you write the songs and I write the lyrics. So it was a huge challenge for us, but it was, it ended up being something really, really cool for us. Cause, uh, we love that soundtrack stuff. Basically he would give us a couple of, um, you know, um, this feels a certain way in this chapter, whether it be uh, dramatic or, uh, uh, sort of like exciting or whatever it is. And we would kind of like, go along with we didn't even read the story yet because the story was kind of being developed at the same time but there was a script there was like certain themes for certain scenes and we would say we would get in the room and we would you know uh bang a few things out and all music that we wrote um with his lyrics but you know obviously Elsian had to craft a lot of the melodies and a lot of the phonetics um in order to fit those 
you know, words specifically in um, in whatever verse it was going to be. So it, it, it was very challenging, very interesting, uh, but still, nonetheless, uh, songs that we're, we're very proud of. So that came off of um, a year, basically a year after we did our Death of the Artist uh, album. So that was our third third record. At the same time, we were also kind of like working on this on this project, right? On this sort of uh, um, sort of side album, so to speak. Uh, even though we had a you know a very small budget, we produced everything, we mixed everything, we did it, we did everything ourselves as usual. Um, but it, it was in that sort of death of the artist uh, era, uh, which is um, now already five years. So. There's so many questions that I would ask coming out of that, but I, I feel it's important to promote the new record as well. So the question I'm going to start by asking is, um, I mean, one of the keywords I plucked out of it is the collaboration idea, and you you have some collaborative things with other artists that you're doing on this one. I'm holding it up again for people in the radio audience. You can just imagine that I'm holding it in my hands. It's got a beautiful honey-colored cover. It looks like all sorts of... Um, it's made out of rust, actually. It's a real painting made okay. out of rust. It's a real painting made out of rust. Okay. So that's the thing that some people um, aspire to make paintings out of rust, and some people just let their paintings get rusty. And so <laughs> there's, there's, there's many paths to Jerusalem, as we say. So um, do, you, do you see yourselves somewhat as a collaborative band? I'm always sort of curious about the logistics of it, having listened back to your records. And there's so much instrumentation, and there's so many different instruments and i know you are able to play many of the instruments yourself but it's hard to do them all at the same time unless you want to be like um dick van dyke and mary poppins and have the drum on your back and the flute on your front and the bells on your toes and everything so i'm always curious about the logistics of if you're going to play shows in other parts of the world or you're going to play here or there how do you find these musicians um to play along with you or how do you bring them up to speed in time for you have uh, quite a a lush fabric in all of your songs and so it must be an interesting challenge to get these people to work with you yeah that's why that's why we play with uh when we use a laptop on stage and we have like you know strings oh, that are sequenced gotcha you know it's the perfect band member who's always shows up on time never yes. uh, you know never talks back or whatever it is whatever you want to talk, call it so no we definitely there's there's some there touring is very difficult uh, it's it's very difficult just you know uh, just to go and play shows regardless. Um, so when when we're going on tour, um, it's important for us to make sure that things uh, stay uh, you know economical. I mean, it doesn't make sense for us to go out and hire a um, a full on orchestra to you know to play. Obviously, the drums, the bass, um, you know, guitar, you know, the core elements are something that we we, we think you know deserve uh, you know. A live player. A lot of the musicians that that we've hired in the past, some of them have been great. But when we're going and doing, you know, uh, crazy tours, especially in Europe and Eastern Europe and stuff like that, a lot of the times it's just Elsian and I, and we're playing with sequences. Right. And what what we do to also kind of balance that out sometimes is we we do. Um, we do like a minimal sort of like interpretation of the songs. Actually, on October 3rd on our, on our record launch, we're going to be doing like an acoustic set. It's going to be like a very minimal kind of acoustic set where um, a little bit more simplified, I guess you could say. And so, and, and we, we've always found that the response to that, when it's just Elsian and I, just like keyboards, uh, vocals and sort of drums, 
we find that it really has like an impact on people. They really right. kind of like they, 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 they get it right to the heart. You know, it's, it's so so for us. Yeah, when we play with all the bells and whistles, and we have like you know we want this song to be you know played like this, and we'll have like a orca- the orchestra like obviously sequenced you know in the back. It's kind of like a track that's being played. I mean, sometimes, you know, you just can't get away. You know, we, we, we want, we, we so badly want to, like, play these songs. We don't want to, we want to do justice to them. And we do it in whichever way we can. So, uh, but sometimes when we're doing minimal things, uh, I, I think that there's, the, you know, the message really comes across. So. But we have a special guest for that night. We're not going to say who, okay. but there's going to be a special guest playing with us that night. And it's going to be awesome because it's quite an honor to be playing with this musician and... um yeah, you have to come, I guess. We're inviting people to come on October 3rd. I know it's a weekday and it's at 6 p.m., the show. But we had to do it, unfortunately, that time and that day because of the media. You know, the media will be there to cover the event and we'll do a press release, uh, press conference sorry, with also a Q&A. So it's going to be nice the fans could come and ask us questions live right after the set. So we invite them to come and join us, hang out. There's going to be a meet and greet and photos and the whole thing, you know. It's quite an intimate affair with uh, 80 people coming. Very intimate. It's the first time we do something this small because um, I guess also my condition didn't allow me to do this big, big thing. Right. It wasn't a huge concert, so I had to do it low-key, so this is perfect, and I appreciate that the fans will understand also the the circumstances, you know? You have a similar setup, I guess, to Shabazz Palaces as well. Because it's just uh, two people on stage, but they're inside little pods full of all kinds of different instruments, and then they just are trading off with each other. Well, it's not the same setup, but I just thought of that when you mentioned the the way that you're doing it with everything cued as well. But cool. We don't have to talk about them too much. I, I don't, I don't know, really know who that is. So Oh, well, uh, they have a similar setup to you, but nevertheless, we, we'll, leave them off the, we'll leave them off the list. So is it good to say what the venue is if it's only 80 people or are they just discovering it through your website and so on? No, it's a place called Lorbit. It's in the old port. It's Orbit, it's yeah. Orbit, and it's in the old port. And it's Notre uh, Dame Street, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a little... It's actually started off as a little plant shop, to be honest. Right. Then it got turned into like a coffee, little coffee place. And next thing you know, I was passing by because I, li- I live right around there. And I saw, saw, saw this jazz band, you know, like, like this jazz band was playing and I was kind of like, oh my God, I was just talking with Elsian about, and this was a long time, ago. actually this was a year ago uh, before Elsian's accident. We had kind of made plans maybe to, you know, do a couple little small shows. And then I just like, I walked in and uh, I thought it would be really cool because it's actually across the street from uh, from my place. So it's super easy. <laughs> <laughs> super easy to just show up. Okay, well, like, that's the best sort of thing. Although... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I used to live with someone who lived across the street from where they worked, and uh, they were inevitably late for work every day. There but you go. the the theory was, you know, because I live across the street, I don't have to get out of bed until five minutes before. But actually, yeah. that doesn't work. But I assure you that LCN is very punctual, very punctual people, and so I know that they're gonna. St- I'm yeah, gonna get myself in trouble. Early. This happens in every interview. Whenever I've gone to try to get a job or something, I always end up saying absolutely the wrong thing, and I can't stop myself because I'm like, it's. I know this is wrong, but I can't stop myself because it's too fun to say. Yeah. <laughs> which is the reason I'm now on the radio and. Perfect. Yeah, not building airplanes or anything like that. Out. Okay, well, why don't we play one of your songs? Because you know, it's we're gonna queue up. Do you have a preference which one you'd like to play first? I have. Uh, 
I have the two. Um, I had them queued up, but I might have. Yes, actually, we have the latest single is Tu Mirada, which okay. is a song that we took a chance and did it in Spanish because I have roots from uh, Peru. Yes. So that was the latest single. If you want to pl play that one first. Yeah, let's do that one first. So I'll, I'll, t I'll t click on it right here and we'll play it. Okay, so we'll listen to that. Any other setup you want to say besides... No, actually, just to say that this song is very special because it talks about looking at yourself in the mirror and really understanding what it is that, um, you know, facing yourself, confronting yourself, which a lot of people had to do in the last three years, you know, with everything we've been through. So in a way, it's an interesting um, piece. Okay, well, we'll listen to Tu Mirada then. Here we go. All right, I put us back on the air. How do you sound to yourself well, I have to say uh, I'm really proud of that song and the sound is really amazing. We work with David Badrill, actually. I don't know if you know who he is. So every time I hear that song, is uh, very special to me. Definitely love it. Do you have, um, do you have a, a breakdown of how you decide to go in Spanish or English or it's just whatever inspiration strikes you or does it depend on where you are geographically when you start to write the song, that kind of thing? Well, that piece in particular, it was uh, a little story behind is I I wrote a song in Spanish and I showed it to Steph. I wasn't planning to put it in the album, actually. I was saying maybe I'll do this on the side or whatever. Who knows, you know, because I wanted to do some stuff in other languages. But I never thought Steph was going to react that way with that song. When I showed it to him, he was like, oh, my God, like we have to do this piece. And I was like, really? Oh, my God. Okay, so... Because I, I, I thought maybe you would think it's cheesy because it's in Spanish or whatever, I don't know. And I always wanted to write songs in Spanish because I grew up in Peru and everybody was always saying you should write music in Spanish. But just never felt like it was the right time or I didn't need to express that side. But then all of a sudden I saw this flamenco show in Montreal with uh, Caroline Planté and... I was just blown away. I said, oh my God, this style of music is so wild and I just, I have to do a piece with this kind of, you know, style. So it's a flamenco. Right. Really. So yeah, it was quite a, we took a chance, no? We well, the first time I heard the song, I didn't even realize it was in Spanish. I'll be honest. Like, because <laughs> the thing is, is that I guess when we first start working on some sort of um, skeleton ideas, Felcian's going to show me a song. Sometimes she, she really shows me like almost like a, almost i would i would say like a full song um and then obviously we'll we'll work and we'll sort of like compose a bit more but in terms of the vocals a lot of the time um i just go with just what feels good you know to be honest so i never even thought about the spanish thing to be honest and to be honest also the first time i heard it it reminded me so much of um a band that i that i personally uh, that that we you know were were fans of and still am I mean, Dead Can Dance it really reminded me, it gave me that vibe. So I went into my own world of like the kind of percussion world and, and the drums, and I had all these kind of ideas. So what what I brought in terms of like, you know, the sort of the percussion, the drums, the, the, the beat, the groove to that original demo, obviously very, very, very different. It, it changed a lot. It became a lot darker, but the whole span that's what made the whole spanish thing really cool because it's like it's it's you know it's a it's a dark piece you know um and it's in spanish which you don't really kind of hear that a lot you know i mean 
I never really heard a like a Spanish song that was kind of dark. But it, I guess language is um, for us, you know, like I mean, you know, music is that language for us. It doesn't really matter. Um, obviously, you know, the majority of our songs are are in English because we want to give that universal like a language, a universal message. But at the same time, like I said, when I, when I first heard it, honestly, I wasn't even thinking about the language. I guess it just, uh, but there's certain ways that. Um there's certain ways that if you say it in Spanish, it can be different from the way that you say it in English. And uh, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. So it'll make the song very different. There's, it's, there's, it's very romanticized, you know, especially in music. You know, it's like kind of like this kind of poetry. And so, um, Elsian just has an amazing. She just has an amazing, uh, like phonetically melody. All of that, all, all everything that you want to talk about in terms of melody and fitting the words in uh, into the space. She has an amazing uh, ear for uh, for all that stuff, you know. So she really made it work. And a couple of other people had had, had said to me, like, "Man, songs in Spanish this is like really like this is this is one of the best sort of Spanish songs that they've kind of heard, you know." Which is uh, yeah, I guess it's a challenge to write for me in Spanish because you have to use a certain type of language where it sounds like a poem, you know. You could, I mean, it's very rare to. to to hear songs in Spanish that talk about, it's always about love, about, you know, uh, suffering or, you know, painful experiences. So it's always related to love or something, you know, and in a way, the lyrics here could be interpreted in that way, but it's not about that. It's about your self-love. How do you see yourself in your reflection to your own eyes, you know, and, and yeah, it's quite deep, I have to say. And um, it was a challenge to adapt my way of singing into the Spanish because usually in Spanish you would sing with a different sound so I had to adapt my El Cian sound to this you know which was the Spanish words so yeah it worked out really nice and I guess the experience I had working with Cirque du Soleil helped a lot because I they always asked me to sing songs in invented language so it kind of sounds like Spanish so I was like okay let me I could take this curve and, and take a chance you know so that was interesting yeah I used to date this person from Venezuela, and um, in the course of that, I had to learn some Spanish. And so I just thought about it because one of the most fascinating things to me was, so in English, for example, you'd say, um, I dropped this. But in Spanish, you might say, se me cayó, like it, it fell from me. Yeah, se me cayó. Exactly. Se me cayó. And so then um, I think my most glorious moment was that we had a VCR, and in English, I dropped the VCR and smashed it into pieces. But then when she discovered it, I said, Semi Kajol, <laughs> it's not technically my fault that I've destroyed your VCR. Oh, God, she wasn't happy, that's for sure. <laughs> but anyway, at least I was using the language correctly. With it. So anyway, that's why I thought of the... the there's one. different meanings in Spanish and English with... A lot, yes, very yeah. different. It's Just to say one thing, it's all this phrase sometimes. And in English, it's like, short and sweet and <laughs> it's like in spanish is this whole phrase <laughs> you were off the hook on that one that's for sure yes i sure was well let's talk about the violin for a second it's my prop i brought it in <laughs> oh, okay oh, yeah, where's okay. the violin okay it's not a functioning violin it's a broken violin that i bought oh, at really? value village for 50 dollars. i have another violin that i play all the time and it has a crazy history of a hundred years that i know and probably more before that but this one i don't know anything about it except that it's cracked and it looks like somebody has played the hell out of it. So I thought I'd just show it to you and see what you thought. It's 
funny because I used to play violin for many years, so that's why I found that interesting. That well, that's why I brought it in, because as I said, we I've been trying to research the band. So anyway, oh my God, okay, this is. Uh, it looks like it's really been played, and so it reminded me of LCN's music because I always feel like oh. there's this uh, there's this interesting fabric, and it feels like there's unknown history in these songs. It's like you look at them and you feel them, and. It's like there's this density to them, but sometimes I can't understand what the density is. I read the lyrics and I'm like, I actually have no idea what this song is about, even if it's in English. And my English is much stronger than my Spanish. But I think there's something beautiful about the unknown. And so I find this violin really beautiful because I look at it and it's all black at the top and it's rubbed out at the bottom and it's got a crack in it and it looks like it's been smashed. But did at you, the same you time... You didn't get this out of value with it, did you? I did. And so... Okay, but it, uh Okay. So, but I, you know, I just wanted to make a metaphor about your music, which I think is really lovely and rich and dense, but there's also something about it that I'm not sure I totally understand. I can understand about musical notation and rhythms and things, but I think it's nice that there's always a little more beyond that in terms of richness that leaves you wondering after the song. It's like you could listen to the song again and again and find new little things in it. So, yes, I, I mean, you know, the violin is, uh, is, it's such a, it's such a, such a well-crafted instrument, such a beautiful instrument, and it makes such a beautiful sound when you play it correctly, right? And it's very difficult to play, right? And it's a very stressed instrument, okay? So a beautiful violin, everything is tuned properly. You know, you put it into the hands of somebody who like doesn't know how to play it, and, you know, you're going to start to, you know, grind your nails across the, you know, across the table because it's so, fr- it, it's a very stressed out instrument, right? In a way, you can look at it as a sort of like a macrocosm of like of like a band, for example. This beautiful sound, but you know, within the band itself, there lies a little bit of that kind of like you know, um, that 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 stress, the stress that life has kind of you know brought, you know, because everything that we talk about in our songs, everything that 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 we that we discuss, are all things that come from the heart, you know, uh, things that are you know life experiences things that have sort of uh, shaped, you know, our lives, whether it be in the past or in the present or whatever it is. Um, and yeah, we, we, we love, you know, like the kind of orchestra, we love like the cello, we love uh, the string instruments because um, they're just beautiful. They're, they're, they're amazing. Uh, they're amazing instruments that we feel have kind of like added a, lo- a huge layer to, to our music as well. So yeah. Definitely. I, I guess for me, uh, I kind of think of music and I put it into two different categories, one which I'd say is structured and one which I'd say is space music. And it doesn't mean it comes from outer space, but it's more that um, once the song begins, you don't really know where it's going to go or how long the song is going to be. And it could be a two minute song or it could be a 40 minute song, but it's just kind of taking the listener on this, uh, this sonic uh, little journey that can that can take you into very deep psychological spaces and it's created by a certain kind of fabric, which I think is what your band does. And it's not that one kind is wrong and the other is right, but there's one that relies on very heavy structure, whether you're listening to um, classical music with its very particular parts or whether you're listening to a pop song with the verse in the chorus and the verse in the chorus and the shift up to another key and then the end. But um, it could be, could be dub reggae or it could be LCN or it could be, um, another kind of music, but it just drifts in this particular way that I, I really like. And I think it's interesting that you have chosen that 
path musically yeah i mean yeah like like i said i mean everything that we that we choose to do comes uh really comes from comes from the heart in the sense that like uh, songs to us the meaning of songs to us you know it's very symbolic you know it's going to mean something um different to everybody you know everybody brings their own emotional baggage to it and this music allows you to do that because again um Elsian's vocals yes i mean the lyrics that she's singing with the melody and the way that she's singing it doesn't necessarily um tell you um uh what the answer is, right? Like, you know, she's 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 giving a, you know, she's she's making lyrics that are also um you know, a part of her experience but also has this sort of like this platter, this 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 dinner that you can kind of it's it, it's yours basically. And you're bringing your own emotion, you're bringing your own um symbolism to it, you know what I mean? Some people have, you know, some people have said, oh, my God, this song is so dark. And then other people say, no, this song is not dark at all. And everybody has a different, you know, everyone brings a different thing to it with their own life. So as long as, you know, people can uh, feel something, I think that that's important because, you know, it, like it's hard to be um, impressed really emotionally by something. Um, and... I think that that's that's the most important thing for me. If if it if it just translates goes, you know, straight inside and be like, "Okay, wow, this is this is something." You know, I I got to listen to this again. Um that's a that, that's a, that's an art form, you know. And we're we're glad to be a band that kind of like it's like kind of like one of those things where you know, this amazing, you know, you just watch this amazing film that you love, but like you want to watch it again eventually and you want to kind of learn a little bit more and you want to kind of you, know, you want to extract from it, you know. I think that that's very important. It's 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 a sort of lost art, I find, these days, in the sense that like music, um, you know, music is sort of like pretty easy, you know, these days. I think you'd have to elaborate on that a bit. I'd say, oh, you mean easy in terms of the structure and what people are writing. I just find that, like, you know, it, it, it takes a lot. I mean, for me to get really somehow, like, music needs to somehow touch me a certain way, I guess. You know, maybe my, my, my prerequisite is a little higher. I don't know why. I, I feel like I need to somehow, something needs to, like, make me feel a certain way. You know, I need to, I need to, I need to be moved somehow, yeah? You know? Obviously, every music has their own context. You know, I love, like, some electronic stuff that has, like, you know, instrumental. Um, you know, like, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an Aphex Twin. Like, I love Aphex Twin. I love, like, a lot of the electronic stuff. But at the same time, we always pride ourselves on kind of, um, you know, writing, like, a, writing an amazing song, an amazing piece, something that you can kind of uh, listen to many times over and there's always going to be something that's going to kind of come out to grab you, you know. Um, that's what I kind of mean, you know. I don't think there are a lot of bands, you know, doing that, you know, taking that like, you know, um, taking that extent. Um, so that's what I kind of meant by that, you know. I think that, you know, music in general... Uh, is it a little easy these days somehow? Well, I guess it's also because people, everybody could just, you know, get a software and do it in their home, you know, do an album or do songs, which is great in a certain way. But also, where is the, the quality, you know, sometimes, you know, like there's a lot of things out there, which is great. And internet allows you to promote and all that. But sometimes, uh, yeah, you know what I mean? There's so much that is it's just 
sometimes too much, you know, too much variety, too much stuff. Before it was more um, controlled, I guess, by labels and, and A&Rs and all that stuff, which wasn't better also. I mean, I think now it's great that the artist has the power to take control of their career and do what they want, you know, and, and even there's artists that, like, like Steph says, maybe it's more easygoing music or all that, and it's being very successful too. Uh, for sure. But um, yeah, I guess it's 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 such an inter interesting time, you know, for, for music and musicians out there creating because everything is so accessible now. Eh? And, and, and sometimes you don't even know if it's really, is the singer really singing? Is it is it really, or is it just samples or is it just all auto-tune or God knows, you know? So it's, you know what I mean? It's hard to, to know, okay, what is real, what is not real sometimes. I would imagine that the authenticity of live performances is going to come back in a way that it Absolutely. hasn't because it has uh, to, yeah. mm -hmm. um, the opportunities for musicians to give live performances is really uh, something that sh has shrunk even in my own lifetime and in a significant way. I think of so many venues that I might have gone to in the past that would have had to have a musician if there was live music and now it's just canned music uh, so yeah. often. So. Well, there's less and less band. I mean, there's less and less bands. I mean, yeah, there's. I guess we're like a kind of like a duo, but I mean, you know, there's. It's just like names of like you know artists, or there's just like one guy or, or a couple. And there's less bands, of course. I mean, I grew up with a generation where you know you 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 know you'd go and you'd buy your ticket to a show. It was like a band. You know, you were like this is like this band's coming to town. It's rare that you're gonna kind of get that these days. Um, so obviously, um, yeah, I guess. Uh, I guess we're not. I mean, we're not young anymore either. So it's kind of like that. We're looking back and we're realizing, damn, yeah. I mean, but like I said, I mean, again, we we obviously want to be able to make music that's gonna, I guess, really kind of touch people, you know. Um, and that's why I think uh, you know we're we're proud of what we've done. I don't think that there are a lot of bands out there like us. That's for sure. No, I'd say you're quite unique in my eyes, for sure. That's so why I was glad to interview you. Here's a here's a question. What do you think? I'm thinking of, put, I'm thinking of getting taking that to a luthier and getting it put back together because I'm so curious how the, the violin sounds. Except I'm going to start calling it a fiddle as soon as it's fixed. But <laughs> I, don't I guess know. we'll have to have a conversation about this after the radio because uh, okay, yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to announce anything on the air. No, no, no. I'm curious to know. Uh, <laughs> How the hell did you found this? <laughs> well, I just said, uh, I just, um, uh, weird things happen to me all the time. That's all I'll say. It's just kind of how I live my life. Yes. <clears throat> well, why don't we listen to another song here? <laughs> I'll back up the, I ended up just going on the Bandcamp page. So we'll listen to Sinai, I guess, which would be the other. Yes, track Sinai that is um, a very important song of the record. It was this, the first song that, um, actually came to life from the album and it was inspired to uh, also through all the stuff we've been through unfortunately we lost uh, a lot of members of our family in the last uh, three years and more and um, actually that song is dedicated to Stefan's father who passed away so there's a lot of uh, healing that goes inside that song very okay. very special yes all right well we will play that one forthwith all right well, we're back on CJLO with LCN in case you missed the first half of the interview or three quarters of the interview or whatever the math is. I never excelled in the, the mathematical arts, but how are you? Let's talk more about this album that you're dropping on the 3rd of October. Yeah, it's. Uh, I was just saying it's 
really something that surpasses, uh, I guess, our previous work. I guess we get we got to another level too in um, the process of the writing and especially the inner process of uh, the healing inside. You know, I think this album is a resume of all our career of 20 years. It encompasses all the albums and. Yeah, every song I hear from this record reminds me almost of... It's like a 360 we're doing of hybrid. I mean, the days of hybrid when we started, this album is like closing that circle, you know? And, and it's like going back to a new beginning, a new era. But it's a rebirth because from Death of the Artist, obviously, it's it's a new... Um, it's more towards the light, towards the hopeful. It's a place of... Um, accepting where we are and proud of okay we made it this far you know because a lot of bands quit or or stop or god knows what happens well their gear all burns up <laughs> exactly <laughs> you're discouraged so we kept going we kept persisting and the whole message is that too the the message of hope and don't give up you know it's uh we already started saying that message in in the previous album but now it's we're at the top of the mountain saying yes there's hope we could get there and 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 beyond you know even outer space so you know? <laughs> would you say maybe poetically i mean when you've talked in the past about mending or you've talked in the past about looking into voids or sort of not knowing yourself and stuff like that when you say it's a 360 would you say that you're somehow um giving yourself answers to those questions that you're asking before would that be a characterization yeah you could say it's almost like all this time from hybrid until now it's been like a yeah, you're building your sound, you're you're releasing these records, but it's all practice in a way. Now it's like where it really starts, it begins. I find that this record is, I could say, for me, it's like this is the true El Cian and the new beginning and even like the first real record in a way. It's almost like the other ones for me were this is, I'm practicing, I'm getting to where I want to be, you know, sign, uh, sound-wise and, and, you know, all the work we do uh, as musicians. And now it's like, People laugh when I say that. Now it's like the first record in a way, you know, because obviously 20 years ago, we weren't the people we were now, sure. you know, with all the experience and everything we've been through. So I say that 360 because it closes that, you know, when you release a record that you reconnect with that past or that uh, where you were when you started kind of thing, you know. So it's very special to me and has a lot of meaning, this album, a lot, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, just prepping up for this album, working with uh, David Bautrill, who, you know, was, when I was growing up, really was my hero. Um, he did, you know, he, he produced some of the my favorite bands. Uh, and, and, you know, the band that, you know, obviously touched me the most was his work with Tool. So he did, you know, two albums with Tool. And I just kind of like, uh, just praised him ever since I was like, you know, really young. So... To actually have like an opportunity to work with like one of your kind of hero guys was really a big, um, it was a big step for us. I mean, w w I felt, and I mean, I'm sure Elsian felt like we kind of had to step up our game a little bit, you know. We knew we had like, you know, with these great songs that we wanted to kind of, you know, uh, record for this, for this album. And getting him involved in that process, I think, gave us a real big um, sort of like a confidence boost at the same time, like, obviously, I've spent so much time listening to his work that I kind of felt like, 
you know, I had that ner- I had that nervous energy again, that nervous feeling of like, okay, oh well, my God, like, you know, like we've got to like, you know, we really got to step it up because we're working with like this Grammy award winner now at this point, you know, and for, and for us, um, I mean, it was just awesome. Obviously what he brought to the table um, was amazing, you know, the sound, but in in the end, like what Elsian is saying is I think that we had kind of like uh, come full circle in the sense that uh, I think that these songs needed to be, uh, obviously, there was a certain delivery that I think uh, just felt right at this point in our lives. Um, And and the sound as well, you know, we we tried also to, to, you know, also try to, you know, step it up to a a different level, another level. doesn't mean that, you know, it was better or whatever it was, because obviously the person we were working with before, obviously it was also, you know... um, an amazing, uh, you know, like a, a family member who obviously um, he he recently passed, and that was really difficult for us. Um, but at the same time, um, an amazing thing also is that working on this last album, obviously, it's finally coming out. Um, and obviously, with everything that's been going on uh, in the last couple of years, with all the lockdowns and all that stuff, well, we had the album almost ready, you know, like, so... W- this is has kind of delayed us to the point where now okay like we're 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 really excited and get it off finally get it out there and finally you know share this with you know all of our fans who've been impatiently waiting as well every five years we seem to like spring up with an album so in five years you know you change quite a bit um you know, sure you're not the same person i mean i'm not the same person i was a year ago i mean i i'm gonna look at things maybe a little bit differently maybe so we you know always kind of again uh, we always tried to um you know present a new work a new body of work and we really feel like this one is um like like Elsian said it's really like it has all of the uh all the above, so to speak. As long as you feel like the same person you were an hour ago, and the interview wasn't too damaging. <laughs> an hour, well, yeah, an hour ago now I could well, say. It's funny you say that because I'm, I'm living my life now like that, an hour at a time. So, yeah, it was pretty good, yeah. Great, thank you. Okay, here's the, here's the last question. I wanted to ask a question about Peru because I know you're from Peru, and so I thought I'd just ask a one about this, which is I'm so curious to know why Peru is the place on the planet Earth that um, aliens are most interested in because it seems like whenever something extraterrestrial is happening, it seems to be coming out of Peru. And so I was just wondering what's special about Peru in that regard compared to like, why doesn't Uruguay... Yeah, there's uh, a lot of mystery with that. Definitely, they're still studying that for sure. Well, I mean, there's a lot of uh, unanswered questions about how the Machu Picchu was built and... The Nazca lines. I don't know if you know the Nazca lines. I well, do. The That's Nazca what I was thinking. Yeah. I was thinking of those little people. Well, th- those lines, they for sure think they were made by aliens. You know, I mean, how could you explain that in a way? Well, the Incas, when they were building the the village of Machu Picchu, I mean, it's impossible to bring those rocks that were so heavy at four thousand meters above the ocean. You know, which is how do they do this? You know, so a lot of things that you can't explain, but um, yeah, there's something very special about Peru, and it's funny, it's connected to Mexico, too, because when when we were actually in the pyramid of uh, Teotihuacan in Mexico, um, I was told there's a direct spot that leads directly to Machu Picchu, and it, they're connected, those, those, uh, those, those two places. 
And when I was there, I felt I was at home. It was so strange. Like, I felt I was like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm in Peru, you know. And, and they're very connected, those cultures. And, uh, yeah, there's something very special. Uh, even all the Peruvian um, musicians we know and people we know, they all have something so special and unique, you know. And there's something about the culture and everything. So my mom comes from there. And I lived there for 10 years. So very, very lucky and blessed to have had that culture you know uh, in my blood yeah thank you for answering that curveball question i went up <laughs> i went up that pyramid also and i guess i felt differently since i'm jewish and we never did build pyramids voluntarily <laughs> just involuntarily <laughs> but nevertheless we did it and uh yeah that's great i had a great time interviewing you both and i think we're at the we're at the end of the show so why don't you just shout out to your your show one more time in your album and we'll let everybody know in case they're just tuning in in the last seconds of the show Yes, to remind people, we're going to be releasing the record this October 3rd at Lorbit at 6 p.m. It's in Old Montreal. You could check all the information in our socials. LCN, it's E-L-S-I-A-N-E. You could also buy the new record on uh, on vinyl. It's available in the shop, in the online shop, LCN.shop. And also you could pre-save the record right now as we speak. It's on Spotify and Apple. And yes, we're very excited to see you all. Please come see us, hang out, have a drink with us, and let's celebrate this very special occasion because it's very monumental that we we actually uh, got to this point and survived everything to release this record. So it's a miracle. <laughs> so thank you for all the support and all the fans out there. I want to say hello and say that we love you so much and um, your unconditional support has helped us to continue and be here today. So... Thank you so much. We're expecting you on the 3rd of October. Thank you awesome. for thank you for having us here. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. All right. Well, I'm going to I'm going to turn up the uh, autoplay and turn you off and so we'll say goodbye and thanks so much for tuning in. Thank to you. See ya.